Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace, calling North America to repentance and revival. This is not a politically correct program. If you're looking for political correctness, then uh, you're at the wrong place. Although we're not going to be mean and, and crude, but we are going to speak some common sense. And for those of you out there who need a trigger warning and afraid that you might be offended by some things that are said, let me just go ahead and give you a heads up. You might want to run because we're going to talk about some biblical principles here that just make good common sense. When I was in Bible college, I remember one of my professors, he would tell us, gentlemen, good horse sense makes for stable thinking. And... Uh, there's a lot of truth there, and there's so much common sense that comes from God's Word. And when we wander away from it, when we leave it, uh, we're left with all kinds of trouble. Yesterday, I brought you to a passage out of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I want to read just one verse there in verse number 20. Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? What did he mean by that? Well, I think what we're seeing today, the foolishness of this world is becoming more apparent. And I'm afraid people just, uh, they, they choose to be blinded. They want to stick their head in the sand and pretend that the problems that are going on in the world are not their fault. And they're not problems at all. And and we're living in a, in a very dangerous, desperate time. You heard the news yesterday, another shooting. In a gun-free zone, isn't that interesting? Wouldn't if only criminals would just obey the law? Wouldn't that be, um, you know, wouldn't that fix everything? If if we can just write a law, and just say, okay, here's the law, and then no one would, you know, we wouldn't have to worry about it anymore. Uh, no one's going to shoot us because simply we put out, you know, we put a statement here. This is a gun-free zone. So criminals wouldn't come in with their guns. They'd have to leave. The, oh, I'm sorry. We can't commit our crime here because this is a gun-free zone. Um, again, how foolish. Uh, have not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? This is, that's the wisdom of the world, to make a law. It reminds me back when I was a, a missionary in England, and we had uh, been involved in a youth camp ministry over there. Uh, in the senior youth camp, and uh, I was the director of that for many, many years. And, you know, kids will play pranks, right? You know, and one time someone came in with red nail polish, and while this kid was sleeping, they put nail, red nail polish on his nails, and, and you know, yeah, kind of a laugh and all that kind of stuff. In fact, actually, if I was a, you know, back in, when I was a kid at youth camp, that's kind of the pranks I got up to. But, you know, uh, some of the powers that be at the camp said, well, we need to make a law, and say, you know, a rule saying you cannot bring nail polish and that kind of kids because the nail polish got on sheets and, and, and damaged some property, and it yeah, created a little bit of a problem. And, 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 and I put my foot down on that. I said, no, we're not going to do that kind of stuff because next time someone's going to come up with another thing and another thing and another thing, and then we're going to have a handbook that is so long, we're not going to go there. We're going to make rules that deal with principles, not with certain actions there and individual things. We're not going to get caught up in that. And and I think this is where we're at today. The wisdom of this world says, well, we need to, oh, someone did this. Okay, now we need to make a rule and to make sure this doesn't happen again. 
And so all this gun-free zone laws and gun control and all that type of stuff is is an example of the of a bigger problem that we refuse to address. The shooting in Florida that happened a few months ago, uh, Cruz, who shot up 17 people, killed uh, kids shooting kids in schools. It's not the first time it's happened. But I don't, I, 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 I didn't hear one time, not even one time that someone brought up this, uh, this question about how he was raised, about his parents, about the responsibility that the parents have over this child in raising him in controlling his behavior and anger issues or anything like that, that never was addressed. Nothing was addressed to deal with the behavior of this person and of many other shootings that have gone on before. We've not addressed the moral issues or rather the breakdown of discipline in the home and discipline issues in the schools those issues are not addressed because, I'll tell you why, because we've thrown out the rules that used to govern us, and we don't want to go there. We don't want to talk about those things. We want to deal with an inanimate object and blame the gun for it, or blame the NRA, an, an institution that uh, that supports guns and all that type of and it's their fault, which is an interesting thought, because... Of all these mass shootings, not one of them has been committed by someone who's a member of the NRA. In fact, they're all members, rather, of the Democratic Party and the left agenda and so on there. And, and so the, if we want to get to the institutions that are affecting these people, let's go there. But no, they don't want to do that. But the issue is a matter of the heart. And we used to be a nation that was guided by religious thought. We used to be a people that feared God. Those who founded our nation wrote and said about these things. Let me read to you what George Washington said in his farewell address. And I believe he's hitting in an area that we need to readdress, and I think he's absolutely right. He says, Of all the dispositions and habits which lead to political prosperity, religion and morality are indispensable supports. In vain would a man claim the tribute of patriotism who should labor to subvert these great pillars. So what is he saying here? Morality, religious morality, are indispensable supports to our nation. And no one could be considered a patriot in this country if they work and labor to remove religious morality in our country. He also went on to say, Let it simply be asked, where is the security for life, for reputation, and for property, if the sense of religious obligation desert? What is he saying? He's saying, how can you secure a person's life or someone's property if they do not have a religious um, guide working in them, if they're not obligated to uh, living by religious standards? If those things desert from them, if they're removed from them, 
How do you protect life and property? I think he is absolutely right. Well, we've done just that. We've removed that back in the 1960s. The courts, the courtroom changed the meaning of the First Amendment when it came to religious liberty. Uh, the First Amendment basically says that the, the Congress has no power to make laws to establish a religion or to subvert or, or stop or hinder the practice of another person's religion. Now, this isn't something that all Americans held during the colonial times. Uh, we had state religions being practiced within different colonies. And it was kind of funny because we came here to America, the pilgrims fled from England to get away from a state religion so that they could have freedom to practice their religion according to the Bible. And eventually the colonies that got established here began to practice certain uh, religions again. And, and it was the Baptist, folks. It was the Baptist that created the atmosphere here amongst our founders to give religious liberty. And so Thomas Jefferson uh, was assuring the Danbury Baptists in a letter that the First Amendment was not going to create a state religion. In fact, he said, we're going to erect a wall that will separate church from state. And what he was referring, if you read the context of the letter very clearly, he's saying that this, this uh, uh, amendment will protect the church and keep the state, the business of the state, out of the church. Well, the courts started referring to this letter in the 60s, and they reinterpreted what that letter was all about. And instead of protecting, keeping the state out of the church, they said the church has no business in the state. And so they removed every form of religious expression and teaching and stuff out of state business. Well, since the state took over the schools, uh, they kicked prayer out of the schools and the Bible out of the schools. And what do we have as a result of that? We have a result of kids killing kids and the foolishness of man and the wickedness of man is being seen again and again and again. Just like the Bible passage that I opened with in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? Evolution is being taught, and creationism has been kicked out because uh, that's a religious tenet, uh, creationism that God created. We can't have that in our schools, and so therefore we're going to follow fantasies and foolish fantasies that somehow it, you know there's an explosion, boom, and everything perfectly formed and you know, organized into what it is today without an intelligence designer. And, and again, the foolishness of this world is being seen. Let me read to you what was written in the uh, majority opinion when they outlawed the Ten Commandments in 1980. Uh, Justice Paul Stevens wrote this. He wrote the, uh, the opinion of the majority that removed the Ten Commandments. He said, posting a religious text on the wall serves no educational function, he said. No educational function in this at all. And then he went on to say, if the posted copies of the Ten Commandments are to have any effect at all, it will be to induce children to read, meditate upon, and perhaps to venerate and obey the commandments. Now, that's the fear that liberals have. If we put the Ten Commandments in there, kids might read them, and they might obey them, and, uh, oh, how horrible that will be. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, there's, uh, 
that's where we get the idea, thou shalt not kill. I kind of like that a commandment, don't you? I, I, I don't want someone to think they've got the right to take away my life simply because they have a different agenda. I, uh, you know, the home is so broken down, is it not? I just read that 90% of kids in America think it's more heinous, a heinous crime for someone to park in a handicapped parking space. Uh, There's more wrong in doing that than to have premarital sex. Our morality of our nation is broken. That's why uh, 89% of uh, uh, kids that are born to teenagers are born out of wedlock because they don't see that there's anything wrong with that. And kids are having kids, and they have, I mean, kids, they're difficult to raise, are they not? And kids who have no discipline or moral teaching or background in them, uh, or in, in discipline themselves, are trying to raise other kids, no wonder our world is in big trouble. And no wonder uh, they see things on the TV and shooting and these video games. Oh, my friends, don't get me going on that. Uh, and, and we're creating an atmosphere of violence and mayhem. And my only hope and prayer is that one day we'll come to the end of ourselves and say, because of all the foolishness and all the death and mayhem and hurt, that we'll fall on our knees and call out to heaven and say, God, forgive us, and we turn back to him. That's it for today, but join us again tomorrow at the Corner of Truth and Courage. God bless you.